forcing it to her lips as she writhed her head away. The liquor slopped over, stinging her lips, splashing down on her naked breasts. Your guest does not like your wine, Olmec, spoke a cool, sardonic voice. Olmec stiffened. Fear grew in his flaming eyes. Slowly he swung his great head about and stared at Tassella, who posed negligently in the curtained doorway, one hand on her smooth hip. Valeria twisted herself about in his iron grip, and when she met the burning eyes of Tassella, a chill tingled along her supple spine. New experiences were flooding Valeria's proud soul that night. Recently she had learned to fear a man. Now she knew what it was to fear a woman. Olmec sat motionless, a gray pallor growing under his swarthy skin. Tassella brought her other hand from behind her and displayed a small gold vessel. I feared she would not like your wine, Olmec, purred the princess. So I brought some of mine, some I brought with me long ago from the shores of Lake Zuad. Do you understand, Olmec? Beads of sweat stood out suddenly on Olmec's brow. His muscles relaxed, and Valeria broke away and put the table between them. But though reason told her to dart from the room, some fascination she could not understand held her rigid, watching the scene. Tassella came toward the seated prince with a swaying, undulating walk that was mockery in itself. Her voice was soft, slurringly caressing, but her eyes gleamed. Her slim fingers stroked his beard lightly. You are selfish, Olmec, she crooned, smiling. You would keep our handsome guest to yourself, though you knew I wished to entertain her. You are much at fault, Olmec. The mask dropped for an instant. Her eyes flashed, her face was contorted, and with an appalling show of strength her hand locked convulsively in his beard and tore out a great handful. This evidence of unnatural strength was no more terrifying than the momentary barring of the hellish fury that raged under her bland exterior. Olmec lurched up with a roar and stood swaying like a bear, his mighty hands clenching and unclenching. Slut! His booming voice filled the room. Witch! She-devil! Tecutli should have slain you fifty years ago! Be gone! I have endured too much from you. This white-skinned wench is mine. Get hence before I slay you." The princess laughed and dashed the blood-stained strands into his face. Her laughter was less merciful than the ring of flint on steel. Once you spoke otherwise, Olmec, she taunted. Once in your youth you spoke words of love. I. You were my lover once, years ago, and because you loved me you slept in my arms beneath the enchanted lotus, and thereby put into my hands the chains that enslaved you. You know you cannot withstand me. You know I have but to gaze into your eyes with the mystic power a priest of Stygia taught me long ago, and you are powerless. You remember the night beneath the black lotus that waved above us, stirred by no worldly breeze? You sent again the unearthly perfumes that stole and rose like a cloud about you to enslave you. You cannot fight against me. You are my slave as you were that night, as you shall be so long as you shall live, Olmec of Zuchatl. Her voice had sunk to a murmur like the rippling of a stream running through starlit darkness. She leaned close to the prince and spread her long tapering fingers upon his giant breast. His eyes glazed, 
His great hands fell limply to his sides. With a smile of cruel malice, Tascela lifted the vessel and placed it to his lips. Drink! Mechanically the prince obeyed, and instantly the glaze passed from his eyes and they were flooded with fury, comprehension, and an awful fear. His mouth gaped, but no sound issued. For an instant he reeled on his buckling knees and then fell in a sodden heap on the floor. His fall jolted Valeria out of her paralysis. She turned and sprang toward the door, but with a movement that would have shamed a leaping panther, Tascela was before her. Valeria struck at her with her clenched fist and all the power of her supple body behind the blow. It would have stretched a man senseless on the floor, but with a lithe twist of her torso Tascela avoided the blow and caught the pirate's wrist. The next instant Valeria's left hand was imprisoned, and holding her wrists together with one hand, Tascela calmly bound them with a cord she drew from her girdle. Valeria thought she had tasted the ultimate in humiliation already that night, but her shame at being manhandled by Olmec was nothing to the sensations that now shook her supple frame. Valeria had always been inclined to despise the other members of her sex, and it was overwhelming to encounter another woman who could handle her like a child. She scarcely resisted at all when Tascela forced her into a chair and, drawing her bound wrists down between her knees, fastened them to the chair. Casually stepping over Olmec, Tascela walked to the bronze door and shot the bolt and threw it open, revealing a hallway without. "'Opening upon this hall,' she remarked, speaking to her feminine captive for the first time, "'there is a chamber which in old times was used as a torture-room. When we retired to Tecutli, we brought most of the apparatus with us, but there was one piece too heavy to move.' It is still in working order. I think it will be quite convenient now." An understanding flame of terror rose in Olmec's eyes. Tascela strode back to him, bent, and gripped him by the hair. "'He is only paralyzed temporarily,' she remarked conversationally. "'He can hear, think, and feel. Aye, he can feel very well indeed.' With which sinister observation she started toward the door dragging the giant bulk with an ease that made the pirate's eyes dilate. She passed into the hall and moved down it without hesitation, presently disappearing with her captive into a chamber that opened into it, and whence shortly thereafter issued the clank of iron. Valeria swore softly and tugged vainly with her legs braced against the chair. The cords that confined her were apparently unbreakable. Tascela presently returned alone. Behind her a muffled groaning issued from the chamber. She closed the door, but did not bolt it. Tascela was beyond the grip of habit, as she was beyond the touch of other human instincts and emotions. Valeria sat dumbly, watching the woman in whose slim hands the pirate realized her destiny now rested. Tascela grasped her yellow locks and forced back her head, looking impersonally down into her face. But the glitter in the dark eyes was not impersonal. "'I have chosen you for a great honor,' she said. "'You shall restore the youth of Tascela. Oh, you stare at that. My appearance is that of youth, but through my veins creeps the sluggish chill of approaching age, as I have felt it a thousand times before. I am old, so old I do not remember my childhood.' 
But I was a girl once, and a priest of Stygia loved me and gave me the secret of immortality and youth everlasting. He died then, some say by poison. But I dwelt in my palace by the shores of Lake Zuad, and the passing years touched me not. So at last a king of Stygia desired me, and my people rebelled and brought me to this land. Olmec called me a princess. I, I am not of royal blood. I am greater than a princess. I am Tassela, whose youth, your own glorious youth, shall restore." Valeria's tongue clove to the roof of her mouth. She sensed here a mystery darker than the degeneracy she had anticipated. The taller woman unbound the Aquilonian's wrists and pulled her to her feet. It was not fear of the dominant strength that lurked in the princess's limbs that made Valeria a helpless, quivering captive in her hands. It was the burning, hypnotic, terrible eyes of Tassela. End of Part 4 of Red Nails by Robert E. Howard